0: you're listening to coon hunting confidentials on the houndstooth podcasting network where we explore anything and everything coon hunting and listen to coon hunting stories from across the nation that include cryptids the paranormal the unexplained and a whole hella crazy i'm daniel felker your host join me and my buddies Dustin Faulkner, and Ryan James as we explore into the confidential side of coon hunting. Warning, some material may not be suitable for children. Yo, 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 what's going on everybody? Got another episode of Coon Hunting Confidentials. It's 2024, we sitting at Dustin's house and the Grand Americans all said and done and Got Ryan to my left, Dustin to my whoop, whoop. right, Yeah, and 2024 is shaping up to be a wild one. We got Cat Williams going crazy on all kinds of different uh, celebrities. We got eight to ten foot monsters running loose in the Miami Mall. Where the hell did you, what, what, Oh, whoa, man. whoa, 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 what are you talking about? Have you not heard this? No. Have you not seen the pictures? The media squashed it real quick. It was, I'm talking about, they, you got to really look good to find the pictures for it, but it called uh, half of, pretty much all of Dade County surrounded, uh, their police force surrounded the mall. They said it ended up being because there were some kids inside fighting and they was using like bang sticks or something like that. Shut down the Miami International Airport. There was black dog on helicopters flying around the mall. And people was coming out and the shots you could hear in that video was like pow, pow, pow was actually people fleeing from the mall and and uh and they were shooting them they were shooting at them the people that was fleeing and in the media who was shooting at the people the people fleeing the mall was shooting at these creatures that they said was oh. walking around eight I thought oh, you were talking about like the
1: police was shooting at people really? No, no. They were shooting. The police were shooting, shooting. They run away was, from
0: the mall. It was civilian shooting. They had their own like concealed carries or something like shooting that. Shooting at these critters. Yes. And then the media has like Chris Chris and me was talking about this at work Tuesday and he was like, I seen it that day. He was like, Now I, I can't go back. He's I had a hard time finding it, like searching for it. He was like, and it was everywhere on I believe it was January the second this happened. It was weird. Weird. We was talking about that. It was like weird. Doggone kids inside fighting don't shut down the Miami International Airport. No. So there was some weirdness went on in Miami. Well, who dog all got locked up for fighting? That's the first thing I'd look for. Was. Yeah, I don't know. Damn, they do and they didn't do all that and got away. Yeah. But and then Cat Williams was talking about all them celebrities being Illuminati and what they had to do to be in it and how he wasn't in it. And well, I was watching them videos at the Grand American that, that Thursday when we got down there. I was like, what is this? What <laughs>
2: about the other video you sent me on TikTok of that other dude? I can't think of his name. But Oh, that preacher dude? No, this ain't a preacher dude. The other dude that talked, done the same thing Cat Williams did. You just got done talking about
0: it. Oh, the uh, Polly Shore? Yeah. I think he might have been spoofing on that. You know what I'm saying? You think he was lying? <laughs> yeah. I no, think I that, don't think he was. I don't know. Would you let somebody stick their finger in your butt for $200 million? <laughs> hey, you doggone right I would. Sure would. For $200 million. You probably didn't
2: have to pay to have it done. How old are
1: you?
0: <laughs> uh, I ain't had Probably costed th- you
2: a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> I had to pay a deductible <laughs>
0: just to have a finger up my rectum. Pia <laughs> 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 Polly Shore said he'd done it for two hundred million. Dang. Well, let's let's go back. Uh, how was Christmas for you guys? Get everybody caught up on that? Bit. Had a good Christmas.
1: I was sick, but
0: Oh yeah, Just that's what was you
1: sick. was. Oh, let me show you all this though. I'm gonna take my headset off real quick. It's a new trick you learned. <laughs> yeah, let me
0: show you this trick with my finger. Uh oh. Uh oh. You got rubber gloves? Show Daniel, don't show me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh. Sound the feasting horn.
0: Put my mic out. Tally ho. <laughs> hey, is that the one with the markings on it? Yeah. And this was the one I thought was Trans-American. There's somebody out there that's an expert listening to this. If there was an elephant from Joanna, that's what it would sound like. I had it sounded good
1: yesterday, but I got I gotta get it back. He might be you might be parched. I am a little parched. I walked three and a half miles hunting earlier. How many miles? Just three and a
0: half. It wasn't but a three hour hunt. Well let's see. You got them reviews pulled up? Yep, oh did, yeah, you I stayed did. sick. What about? Let's finish that. You you got that for Christmas? Yeah, horns oh, over there.
1: Yeah, I got my horn
0: for Christmas. And some twenty-two bullets and a
1: knife sharpening
0: stone. Now, nah. ski So I had a good Christmas, good New Year's, most wonderful time of the year. Uh I really don't know what to say about Christmas, New Year's, grand. We well, let's let's. Get into this while we talk about the Grand American. All
1: right. The first review is from Cotton Creek Coon Catcher, and he says, Great show, guys. No way I could pick a favorite. More OTC, please. Five stars. And then the next one is from Bradley Hodges, and he says, Great podcast. Five stars. Keep up the good the great work, fellers. I love hearing all of y'all's recent hunting trips. Makes me miss coon hunting. But I believe I'll stick to the rabbit dogs unless I find me a good squirrel dog.
2: Hey. Nothing's wrong with rabbit dogs. I love rabbit hunting too.
1: Yeah.
0: We appreciate it. Thank y'all for the reviews. Appreciate y'all for listening and giving reviews and uh yeah, I would definitely have me a squirrel dog over a rabbit dog. That's mm. for shizzles. I like rabbit hunting myself.
1: I
2: like rabbit. hunting. With a good pack just, of dogs. And I don't. A good don't I don't understand. I don't. am not a pack hunter.
0: I don't. I mean, I don't like having anything more than four is too many, in my opinion. I like. Oh, you a can. Race. Have, you can run. You can
1: can run, run rabbit with two with dogs. Three. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. You can
0: have a good three dog pack, easy. Me and fellow at work dog had back. a discussion about this, and he was, he was saying that, oh, you got hunt with eight dogs. No, and I was like, man, have you lost your freaking mind? Eight dogs? Heck yeah, no. You got to think of it. when I tell you who who it was, you'll understand mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. Too, you will be like, man, he don't know. He <laughs> was I, like, he eight. never even been rabbit <laughs> So, I was like, eight dogs. I was like, I would two Two would be good. I w- I could go rabbit hunt with two dogs. I've been
1: rabbit hunt with two dogs
2: and, and I think
0: I think he is swap. Well, when they do a
1: a field trial, this two dog pairs. I mean, they run them in pairs. That's what I do.
0: Two dogs. What was that they was doing one time? They, they was two. dumping like a hundred and something dogs that's, in that's there. Fox that's fox trials. Oh, they was doing it for the for the rabbit. When they was talking about that oh, some I type of trial that was going to be like a PKC that trial
2: or something. That was. a I don't think that really happened. There ain't nowhere to dump a damn hundred rabbit dogs in the state of South Carolina.
0: That's why I was Not thinking. sensibly. <laughs> How the hell are you going to score that? <laughs> oh, they might, they probably
2: split them up in the cast like yeah. coon hunting. They might have had a hundred
0: dogs there, but I think they probably in cast. Anyway, let's see. Hunting, we'll talk about that a little bit.
1: I had to take a few weeks off while I was sick. <laughs> I, just I started
0: haven't
2: back a whole today. lot of it, but starting to. Work i
1: on going to really. squeeze a little bit. Yeah, I've been walking the puff a tail little bit. Till the tail. We hunted today. Today is your first day back to squirrel hunting? Mm-hmm. And we was going twice a week. And I, uh, like I say. And he pooped them guts out. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna nothing solid come out for 15 days, buddy. It was nah. all liquid. For 15 days. I did
2: that for like a month when I had the COVID ivamec about killed me. I
1: think that ivamec done that to you, though. You think so? Mm. I still
2: ain't sure. Cause maybe we should wrong. test somebody else with ivamec. I
1: don't know most people took ivamec.
2: I'm saying take a little extra like I did I don't a couple take a days extra. in a row. No. I don't want to do that. It's a colon cleanser. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, I've been coon hunting. I've been taking smoke by itself mostly, and sometimes we at the point right now. We take two step forward and one step back, and two step forward and one step back. So we making our way Downtown forward, town. walking, but slowly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, me and Lieutenant Dan went on an adventure what the day before yesterday when that storm came.
0: Uh-oh, tell me about it. I
2: was at Matthews. Me and Lieutenant Dan damn tornado hit it looked like we were standing there in this building looking at a tree line across this field and watching the wind blow it around and then i looked up and you could not see the trees across that field it was just a wall of white it was rain the wind was blowing pretty rough but it wasn't the worst i ever seen matthew freaked out he didn't want me to leave he made me come in his house and get lieutenant dan out of the truck
0: he made you cuddle up with him and everything Nah we were standing there looking up.
2: Nah, his youngest was running around his, his little boy his little boy run up. It was bad outside, dude. His little boy come running up to there. He's like, tornado's coming. And then he'd run off and run back to the house. Well when we run in, it was real dramatic. Like, he was being dramatic being for real. I was being dramatic, making fun of him. <laughs> like, I, I scared the shit out of Lieutenant Dan. I snatched the door over on my truck. I was like, get the f- out. <laughs> and drug him out. <laughs> you could just tell he was like, what, what? Well, anyways, we went in their house and it's... Slacked up just a little bit. I was like, "Man, I'm going home." And they're like, "No, you can't leave. It's dangerous." I was like, "Man, me and Lieutenant Dan's got this." And, and all I could think about was that song, "Riding the Storm Out."
0: You was riding it out, all right.
2: We did come through some rough stuff. Almost wrecked two times because of flash floods. I always thought that was some bullshit. <laughs> 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 you, you <had> about <laughs> got me that day you hit the mess around and two find out. times two oh. times one <laughs> right there at the dairy farm right there on the back side of joanna dude i bet that water was four foot deep when i damn hit it <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't going about 35 miles an hour <laughs> and it it was rough oh, yeah. <laughs> and then coming into joanna i'd done the same thing where all the water was coming up on my windshield i couldn't see so I just started stopping. I was like ah. <laughs> Finally I stopped enough where I could see. I was centered up with a telephone pole. I kind of tripping. I wasn't far from it at all. I was like, Damn, well, I'm glad I didn't just ride that out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you remember when we had that real bad flood of The Hundred years. Year Flood? The hundred yeah. year yeah. flood. That took all them bridges out. Well, I had we had went to the bar that night and I had come home with somebody I ought not have. <laughs> And I had to take her home Like It's time Dude, for you I to thought, go I thought we was going to die In that drive back <laughs> For me getting her to her house I was like This is good enough You're going to have to get out here <laughs> I'm going to need you to walk The rest of the way I <laughs> oh,
2: should have just cuddled To the storm past right?
1: Back Back when I wasn't doing right <laughs> Boy wasn't doing right
0: Say cuddle to the storm past
1: Thunder buddies <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one right there man oh golly I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anything before we get to talk about Grand American can y'all think of anything nope all the house cleaners done
2: can't say as I
0: can Grand American 2024
2: was it the 50th, 9th, or the
0: 60th? The 60th. Is the 60th. I'm still having a hard time putting the math, doing the math in my head, but I wasn't in that full discussion, so I'm going to go with uh, that was the 60th. So, I don't know. I don't even know if we, it's worth talking about because I don't well, know. anyways. I don't know all the details. We're just going to go with it was the. It's kind of like the story of Plot Hound. Fifty nine. may ooh, Oh, we well, all want to talk about that before we talk about Grand American. Or because I think we, ought, we we already talked about talking about this. We well, know Mr. Podcast. Steve
2: mentioned in the podcast that he released it in recording. And I listened to the first one. What well, I could hear of it because I was working. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of rough to hear it because it's a recording. Like from the eighties, and I think they stole some dogs and come over here, but they didn't. That whole mess about just them dogs for all that time. Because if you listen okay. to this old man, Mister Steve's got on recording, he was there. Like it's not new hearsay. He was there. What's his name? I can't remember. I have to look back. Well, let's it. talk about. Something laws. Because this laws.
0: all went back to the bear grease. I've never listened to anything bear grease other than when i be in the truck with Dustin. Like, we'd be going to them hunts. He'd have bear grease playing. And I also, the only thing I've listened to is those few and the ones about the plots. I've listened to all four episodes about that. That's probably one of my favorites. And that's where it originally. And it's an awesome story. I give it to them. It's a good story. And just to reiterate, everybody that. Johannes plot is my eight. Damn, I forgot about you being grandfather. grandfather. I'm about to say, is it James you Oliver Laws? You are a disgrace Lulles. to your
2: family. You know that?
0: Is it James
1: Oliver Laws? Yep, that's him. Because he got three parts of it. Yeah. He's been playing them for the past three weeks.
2: I just listened to the first part.
0: Really? I hadn't listened to none of those yet. So, the story goes that. Great, 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 great grandpa Johannes Plot and his brother come on a ship with five dogs from Germany and that their daddy, what was he, like a games keeper for a rich man or is that what his title was? Something like that. Okay. So they were not of the wealth status that the games... I think their story Who is that they for? tried
2: to claim they was wealthy in one of them stores.
0: I don't think they were wealthy. I think they was. I think ninth great grandpa's plot stole them dogs and sent them on a ship with his two sons.
2: Get on out of here to,
0: uh To brighter and greener pastures. And to
2: save face, the family came up with that beautiful story about how they just came over here. But
0: Yep, so they didn't want to be known as dog feed. That's
2: why they can't find them on they shipping.
0: That's right. They're not, on the, mani- they're not on the manifest nowhere.
1: Right, right.
0: Is that what you think, Dustin? I think they stole them. And
1: if you steal something, it ain't like you put them on the no manifest. You got to hide them song
0: arms. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because if you don't want no paper trail, if you think not them stuff, you. I
0: mean. you in the head. Bop. Okay, right. now we're all in agreement on that, and I think we're all in agreement that there was, there was more in them than just them five original dogs. Oh, yeah. was just dominant gene. For That's 150, not. was it 150 years they stayed locked in up there in I the could. mountains from the seven, late 1700s to the early 1930s?
2: I'm not going to go as far as selling Because they good. were
0: saying that, you know, that didn't really the plots didn't get popularity until that sports writer come into the Appalachians in like the 1930s and went hunting with one and wrote about it in like Field and Stream magazine. And then the plots started growing in popularity from then. So they stayed locked in the mountains between a select group I, of I people. I think before for we can talk about years.
2: this, both of y'all need to listen to at least that first one of that James Laws and listen to what he has to say.
0: Does he think that there's something else bred into him? He'll tell y'all about it. I can't tell
2: you. It's- it's a let spoiler. Me, let, let me tell you let y'all, me tell y'all about the whole it. damn story, so nobody will go listen to it. Let me tell y'all about it. Come on, going to tell you about it's it. Come on, it's, <laughs> it's a big lump with knobs. It <laughs> <that juice>. <laughs> <laughs> it's got
1: the
0: juice. I'd have to listen to it, but I don't believe that that whole plot breed come from purely five dogs. I think so. Oh, but it could be. I mean, but yeah, it, take it, it really did. Dedication. If you want, to, if
2: you really want to put it like this, yes, it did. That's where the brindle came from. Mm. you see what i'm saying so no, yes the whole plot breed did come from them it did but they but bred outside of that somewhere I, that's, yeah, yeah, that's what i'm them saying in. they it brought some
1: outside blood it's not Dominic, because it's just them five like a fella
0: told me i think they had to
2: put the tree in and by a fella i mean mr steve Fielder, he said that he grew up in the mountains bear hunting too and people bred good bear dogs to good bear dogs that's right they didn't breed them because they was brindle they bred good bear dogs to good bear dogs so,
0: but what But if you that,
2: listen to that podcast, I'm telling you about, you'll know what I'm talking about here. That's why we can't talk about this no more. To y'all, do. Well, I'm gonna have okay. to go
0: back and listen to that. But I still think that them five dogs, they had to breed tree into them. I don't think that they took boar dogs from Germany that were baying and brought them over here and put them in the mountains, and them five started treeing. Mm, they might. I
2: don't know them. about. I mean, they did it with Lakers. Lakers has got tree
1: in them, and like. Of course they do.
2: What the are they treeing in the them?
1: <laughs> in they, Siberia, they treat them birds, boy. They got some birds they treat. Birds? Yeah, they treat birds with them. Some kind of uh, some yeah. kind of. Well, they were used for they. moose and bear hunting, like yeah. They used for
2: moose a lot and bear for bear moose, too. but they got some. But they kind have of, a strong tree yeah. instinct in them.
1: They got some kind of grouse over there they tree with them. It's a big old grouse,
0: big old bird too, boy. That they tree a, with a them. Big I want to There's eat a nice one. Like, I, I seen where y'all kill one coon hunting a couple that's weeks a Oh, a pheasant. Then we were squirrel hunting. That's why I don't know why I was thinking grouse.
1: That story got all messed up, then, boy. No,
0: golly. And I that's wh- how
1: plots
2: was made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Between watching them stupid TV shows, my wife be watching about Alaska and then people killing them grouse to stay alive and stuff, and then the pheasant, and I, I don't know what I was thinking. My bad, y'all, for my brief... Slip of stupidity. Anyways, I
2: forgot about you being kin to the plots. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out why you ain't got one.
1: Slim said he wouldn't have one either. That's terrible. I was Somebody talking to Slim down there this, this weekend. He was like, I just don't see me having no, no plot dog. And I said, man, you are doing your ancestors a disservice. No joke. Oh, well. So, you can kind of look like a Johannes.
0: <laughs> I've never even
1: looked him up. He looks like he turned butter with his knees out, don't he?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, there was a lady named um, Elizabeth Plot, I think is her name, and she married a dude, John Adams, no, not the president, nothing like that, he wasn't, his name, his name was John Adams, and my great-grandmother was an Adams, so that's how the... Johannes plot come in on my great grandmama on my daddy's side. On your daddy's
2: side. On my daddy's your side. Your great grandma on your daddy's side. That'd
0: be my, my daddy's grandmama.
2: Your daddy's grandmama was, how well,
0: She was, was a, she, she was a Adams. She's a and plot. She, plot.
2: Uh, she was a plot before I she meant got
0: married. Elizabeth plot. No. Was- on back. Elizabeth Plot married a dude named John Adams. And then had a daughter named. And no, you go, no, they going down about two or three more generations then you get to my great grandmother. Oh. So that oh. would have been like her great grandmother. Does that make sense
1: now? His third cousin twice removed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I added them back because they cook real good. Anyway. I Grand think American. You
1: hunt a Plot. Grand American.
0: I I. <sighs> he needs he one of oh. oh. them block walker crosses. That he needs was one, one with
1: me. more mouth on it. He just don't like the mouth on him. That's right. Well, I got tight squeezing on him. I don't. The swap
2: all dogs. All. <laughs> I hunt <and> smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they both need. It's
0: like first drop. He'll go out and he'll get some distance, and then next thing I know, he's a freaking thousand yards away in there, beating on some, beating and banging on some kind of track, and then next time I turn him loose, it might be 150, 200 max. I'm like, you already most... Yeah. Only one thing to do is keep on walking. Hey, there's another good podcast I've been listening to called The Legend of the Black and Tan Coon, with uh, Ray Conrad and what's that other dude's name? Chad Smith, I believe it is. No, I've listened listen to them. them. So, getting, getting deep in my... in the my black and tan history knowledge. There's some names that they mentioned that I have heard of like Tennessee Fiddler and Big Wheel and stuff like that. How could you not want to plot? How... <laughs> Let's talk about Grand American. It's in your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the dinner. They just... They left me out of the famine, man. They didn't it, that part of it didn't get passed down to us. They didn't they didn't hand that down as far as the hound dogs.
2: I feel you on that one.
0: That might be where it come from. The love for it in my DNA, but
1: Dinner.
2: That is dinner. Oh well. We need to get close to the Blevins hound as we can for you.
0: <laughs> that was a I don't know, Ryan's blood hound looks like a black and tan to me. I asked him where he got the black and tan coon hound from, and he's like, that's a bloodhound. Anyway, Grand American. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Grand I was American. expecting him to say something about Blevin's
2: hound coming out of the bloodhound or something. I don't know about that. I really so I don't know that much about the bloodhounds, so I couldn't sit here and. No. I don't know about no the bloodhound.
1: There was one for sale at the Grand American. I and didn't see The black see that. boy bought it. Black boy with a cowboy hat. on bought it. I did see the, the dude hand? With the cowboy hat, I yep. did not see the bloodhound. He bought him a bloodhound out of the out of stud barn.
0: Well, I be. Well, well, we talked to you. We talked to Kurt Aaron. Yep. Josh McAllus. Jason I didn't Doobie. I didn't Jason Talked to Josh McAllus. He was over there with Kurt Aaron. When we went in there and talked to him. Mm. And he's all right, Phil. Hey, Who, Josh? Yeah. He ain't as stuck up as he seems to (laughs) be. I'm pretty sure people say the same thing about me.
2: Nah, they probably say you an asshole. (laughs) He's an asshole.
0: Not on
1: purpose. It don't matter if it's on purpose. It don't matter (laughs) if it's
0: on purpose or not. No, I'm saying I don't go out. I don't mean to. I don't go out of my way to be like. That
1: almost makes it worse, do (laughs) not it? Yeah, I can do this shit with ease. I do it on accident. I don't even try. I don't even try. This is on accident. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to tell you about yourself? You want me to tell you about your dog food? (laughs) Yeah, I was just about to say that. That's what I was going to say.
0: You don't believe me? Ask Ryan. (laughs) You're a grand American. Thursday morning we showed up. <laughs> Same old routine, Mama's Country Kitchen. Eight. It's Mama's
1: Country Cooking. It is, is not it is? Mama's Country Kitchen. Okay. If you type in Mama's Country Kitchen
0: in Orangeburg, it will not take you anywhere. Okay. My bad, then. I just know how to get to it. I don't even remember the name. But it's I know Mama's, Mama's Country Cooking spelled with K's. Okay, I got you. <laughs> My bad. Is it Ma- Do they be saying Mama's Kitchen in the group
1: text? Yes, tech? and every year when I try and put it in the GPS, make sure I make the right turn. You can't find it. The closest Mama's Country Kitchen is like 800 miles away. <laughs>
0: That's what I was thinking. I couldn't remember. I knew it was in the text, but anyway. Yeah. We got down there Thursday. Got everything <laughs> set up. Vendors come in, set up. Yeah, um, a hundred and nine vendors this year at the Grand American. That was a bunch. That mm-hmm. was a bunch. Whole heat. We had a the chamber of commerce dinner. Yeah. We got, to, we got to attend the Chamber of Commerce, but here's the thing. I, think I was
2: super uncomfortable. I, you think you were super uncomfortable with your pearl snap shirt on <laughs> there? <right> <laughs> yeah, at, at least you got to sit at a table full of people you knowed. <laughs> I was sitting there with a state representative. Here I am with my blue jeans on and the same old raggedy ass shirt I wore down there that morning in my bandana.
1: At least you got to sit at a table with people you knowed. You sit there with Jason Doobie, he's pretty Well, cool. that's because I didn't want them to have to sit by theirself like that. But I did not recognize him with his head off because I was like, Justin's
2: <laughs> sitting at a table with some weird <laughs> <laughs> and, I like, and I looked, and I was like, oh, no, Jason Doobie and his wife's there, too.
0: So we appreciate Mr. David for the invite. But uh, I will not be going
1: back next year.
0: That's I'll terrible. go to the Cracker Barrel. I felt bad. I felt bad because the UKC people had to leave because they left because there wasn't a whole lot of space in there. So yeah, I think we'd just leave that for them. That's right. Let year.
1: the sponsors and the board members and all them folks deal with that. Uh, we we'll was go above to the our Cracker class. Barrel.
0: We was outclassed
1: there. It was above my pay grade.
0: Yeah. I mean, it didn't bother me. I'm
2: gonna get me a. Nice little three piece suit or something <laughs> <laughs> where I get where the my... tail curls.
3: <laughs>
0: I want my full fur coat with the coon tails hanging around at the bottom yes. like tassels. And maybe a fur hoodie a coon coon hoodie. Do you know how bad that's gonna be if I ever make that coat happen? It's gonna be hot. <laughs> it's gonna be hot, but it is gonna be pimping. Like dusty roads <laughs>
1: rolling up with a big old fur coat on, and then we go to leave, and it's cold as balls outside, and all oh. I got on is a pearl snap, <laughs> and Daniel wants to take fifteen minutes not doing nothing just. Well, you know better than that. Golly. behind you. are supposed to keep him in front of me. I you. I know. Keep pushing him now, I remember why I drive my truck everywhere we go.
0: What did I? I didn't waste no time getting out of there. You just slow, you're
1: just slow,
2: right bro. You're slow. I was right
0: behind. I went to the restaurant. Hey, to you at those, yeah. the restaurant. I watched the old people in there dancing to get jiggy there, with it. See, that was
2: their damn five minutes right there. <laughs> that was that waste of time we was talking about. <laughs> well, we would just we walked through the truck. That's what we did. Well, I had to pee. And watch old people dance. I just walked by. And and they, was get, they was in there getting jiggy with it. Check your pockets it. into them. We'll see what you got in your pockets.
0: They went to Walmart.
1: But. Got Ryan an air mattress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that
0: already. Oh, it ain't that
1: bad.
2: It says every mother <laughs> got a bed to lay in. My bad.
0: Oh, golly. Oh, hell, it
2: ain't that bad.
0: It ain't that bad. <laughs> I was getting ready to. I was going to. It was a big bed. I was going to break out the cot. I just really cot. didn't
2: want to cuddle up in a bed with neither one of y'all. <laughs> I
1: mean, I wouldn't have wanted to cuddle with you neither,
2: but.
0: I felt like I could have slept in a bed. I'm with a spooner, but I've been got you in the middle of the bed. <laughs> never, <laughs> never, never, never touched him. That was a big bed. You must be all over the bed when you. Sleep. Yeah, I
2: am. I'm looking for a cold spot or something to spoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yeah, that's
0: two different dynamics, though. That's hot to cold. I'm to say I can't, I can't help A cold it. spot, and then a place to cuddle. Cold spot. <laughs> all right, Grand American. Let's talk about well, what about the <laughs> rain. Oh, that wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. We it had that, wasn't that on bad on me and Daniel had that plastic over that golf cart. And I'm talking about, dude. It was warm. We had it. the
1: shanty.
2: You welcome.
0: It was so warm. <laughs> <laughs> as long
2: as we weren't putting off any body heat,
0: It stayed, it stayed warm inside that plastic. Uh, all in all, um, I appreciate the opportunity opportunity of being asked to be one of the. Three oh, judges on the final four.
2: I appreciate the opportunity to be in them win pictures, Lisa Beddenfield and Andy Emery and Keith Emery And, and I can't think of Lisa Beddenfield's husband's Shame. name. Shane.
0: Shane. I got in one of them pictures with Andy and then And I
2: had another opportunity, but a dude messed his look up. We ain't even going to get into that. <laughs> if you got an opportunity to put me in your win picture, you better.
0: Might or you won't it.
2: win. Or you won't win.
0: Ryan is the lucky
2: charm. I was the lucky charm. I tried to put it out there too, like, hey.
0: uh, I got some shit going for me this weekend. I got some good luck with me. And I ended up in the win picture just by being a judge. Dude, I'm telling you right now.
2: I almost said, hey, hey, can I get in that? But I was like, I did. I almost did. I feel like I could have, but there was like 20 of y'all in it. You
1: could have just snuck in. I, I thought about just walking up there. they like I was supposed up. to be there. They wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't have said nothing. They wouldn't have known no difference.
0: Man, I'm pretty sure I made it. I watched the red bone win ten thousand dollars. <laughs> you I did too. the I Yeah,
1: we sure did. I'm about to say, what are you talking about? But now, that was know. a a miracle. A miracle. We've seen it happen in the
0: flesh. So. Picture and everything. Now, if he can do it two week, two years in a row, No, nah, he said he wouldn't. He said I was done with that. Uh, he said it was a bunch of. He said it was. I nah, said it was too. It was. It takes a lot of effort and dedication to run that Purina race. Well, I'm sure it do.
2: So, well, he won it with a red
0: bone. He done it. Mm. Uh, oh, I'm pretty sure when I got back home, I stayed up over thirty something hours from. Damn you, is. That Saturday morning to all the way to that Sunday morning. Then I left Orangeburg about 8 o'clock and flew home, took a shower, and went to church with the family. I bet
2: your wings was tired.
0: I head-bobbed <laughs> about three or four When you times. flew all the way church. home? Yeah. They was the, I was bopped. <laughs> all right, so there was a few things we forgot to mention when recording. So we're going to put them in right here. Well, we forgot to mention uh, meeting Dylan Nelson and his wife. They were set up as vendors. He was a former guest at the show a while back, uh, back during the summer. And uh, he has a business. They have Stonewall 828. Go over there and check out their material, all their shirts, their stickers, all that good stuff. Use the promo code HTPODCAST and get your shipping for free. I do believe that's what it is. Anyway, and we forgot to give shout-outs to the Final Four of the Grand American. Uh, some of them are, one of them is in the Final Four as a former guest of the show and listens to it. But at fourth place, you have Bust 'em up Buster, handled by Dylan Cox. And then third place is the Stephen Shinaberry, who was on the show way back when, when we first started out. He was handling a dog named Mad Max. He come in third place. Second place was Doug Schuler's dog, uh, handled by Josh Deloach, called Slinging Sister. And first place was Jail Cell, handled by uh, Sean Welch. And Jail Cell is no stranger uh, to having his picture took, that's for sure. So I want to congratulate all those and everybody who won their cast, all the double cast winners and Hey, a shout-out to a, a, a local guy, Josh Livingston. He's had double-cast wins at the Grand America for the last three years, so congratulations on that. Anyway, we just want to put those in right there and get on back with the show. Well, let's get into this episode. All hearts and minds clear because I got a basketball game to get to in Clinton. Heck no, I ain't queer. Depends on who you ask. Depends on how much
2: money's on the table. Depends on how much money's on the table. Two
0: hundred dollars, two hundred million dollars. That's what I meant. Two hundred million. I can't say all the stuff I really want. Twenty to say movies. Right <laughs> Twenty movies. Two hundred million. I got a lot of material to use. Right? I, I had a lot to say just now, and I cannot sleep. <laughs> well, let's get into this episode, and uh, we're not gonna come back and talk about it because. We got stuff to do I got a game to go to And I think Dustin's coming in right behind me yep. To another game at 7 o'clock And Then we're gonna go I'm gonna go coon hunting maybe Hopefully You going hunting tonight? I think I am Alright I got him in the
2: box out there
0: Well if all hearts and minds are clear and
2: Say free Just say free Free? Yeah
0: Free what? All hearts and minds are free All hearts and minds are free Not clear Clear, clear. Anybody talk about those? Godly. Anyway, hope y'all enjoyed this episode, and we're going to get on into it. And we'll see y'all next time. How you doing?
3: Good. How are you?
0: Ah, we making it. We are uh, recovering from the Grand American, but we getting there.
3: Yeah, I was going to ask you how that went.
0: Ah, it's, it, it went. another year. <laughs> it went.
3: Yeah, it's coming yeah. on.
0: <laughs> yep, they come. It. It's like that Thursday starts and then they gone. It's like Saturdays in the blink of an eye. You. Cleaning everything up. Oh, yeah. I hear you. But uh, what's your name? I, if it was in the email, I forgot to go back and check it. And I don't even know if it was in there. I, uh, My name's Greg
3: Reed. Gregory? Greg Gre- Reed. Oh, Greg Reed.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought he it said Gregory,
2: worked. too. I was going to say me, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But uh Um, are you you nervous or anything like that?
3: Oh, I guess you could say that.
0: Uh, it'd be all right. I mean, we just sit around cut up. It's oh, all yeah, from- By the time it's <laughs> over with you'll be like, Man, that was so fun.
3: Well, I think that's why I'm nervous. I've listened to I think every one of your guys' podcast. Well, and I just found maybe a month or month and a half ago. Wow. He did some binging yeah. then, didn't you? Oh yeah, every day at work, man. I mean, I listen to you guys all day long. That's scary. <laughs> and then <laughs> right, you got the the confessionals with Tony Merkel, right? Uh, started listening to uh Gone to the Dogs with Steve Fielder because of you guys. I mean, shoot, far you guys got me planning on going to Autumn Oaks. You might as well, man i yeah. ain't even been to. i've never been in the competition on
1: a day in my life me neither and buddy I, don't worry
3: and you what now never been in competition up now i'm planning on going to Automokes.
1: yeah well i would suggest go to
2: a
0: few before you go to Automokes. yeah yeah here's some local I, hunts up yeah uh Unless you're not planning on hunting all the moats, so you just going to go to check it out.
3: Well, I don't know yet. I don't know. Uh, I've got a well, – I don't know if you guys want to get into talking dogs or anything yet, but yeah, I've we'll, got – we can go ahead and get into it. I've got one that – uh, I paid $200 for him, and I didn't know what I was buying. I just uh, – I just always kind of collected dogs because my uh, my dad had walkers, and I was – little i mean when i was born my dad had walkers uh he had got one off a guy that was guiding him on a bear hunt in maine and he brought a pup back with him that had gotten hurt and couldn't hunt bear and uh then of course i saw where the red fern grows and dad got me a red bone at the next little uh they called it a coon hunter's rendezvous it's pretty much just a flea market uh up in my up in uh mahoning county ohio mm-hmm. and i got that female red bone and and then getting got my Dan and everything and i mean i was too young to go by myself obviously i was probably like six years old so we only went one or two times a year and that's just kind of the way my life was up until i'd say this this last summer is when i really started hunting hard uh started getting really i mean i always had hounds but i never really knew what i was doing with them i guess i just expected them to be able to go out in the woods and tree tunes for me and i always wondered why they wouldn't do it Hmm. Hmm. uh but i got this young blue tick he's coming up on two years old uh off a buddy of mine for two hundred dollars and I didn't know anything about pedigrees, nothing like that. Well, then I start listening to uh, the Coonhound Collective podcast and watching some of Clayton Stark's videos and so on and so forth. And I start looking through his pedigree, and I start seeing names I recognize just from hearing those guys talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like on his pedigree, I saw a Smoky River Bobby was one of his uh, grandmas or great-grandmas. And then uh, Rowdy Bo Cephas yeah, uh, one of his great grandpa's, and then Racket Ridge crashes in there, and there's a few others, and I just, uh, I just saw Grand Night Champions all through there, and uh, all I had done with him was turn loose a few cage coons, and he just turned on, and now I'm hunting him a few nights a week, but uh, Blue Tick Days is only held about an hour and a half from my house, uh, in May, and there's one more local hunt coming up in march that i might enter in enter him in but i'm not quite sure yet i got you
0: yeah it's always fun to enter one don't don't necessarily make it a big like grand american autumn oaks winter classic or like a bigger pkc (laughs) hunt but you get the local level and you have a local
2: hunts huh do you have a local club like a local coon
3: club well, actually, right down the road from my house, not even two miles, is what's supposed to be a coon and beagle club, but they don't do no coon hunts. What were? Uh, yeah, we've lived here for about 11, 12 years, and I've never heard of them doing anything to do with beagles or coon hunting or anything like that. I mean, I don't, I can't even find any buddies up here that coon hunt. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's rough, but thankfully, uh, a guy that i know a preacher friend his wife led me to the lord when i was little he's uh getting ready to move back to ohio into the same county that me and my wife are trying to buy a house in right now and uh he i don't know if he competition hunts or not but uh, he's in his 50s i'm 23 but i'm sure we'll uh we got plenty of common ground he likes blue dogs i got i like blue dogs so uh I'm sure we'll go out and run some.
1: Okay. Well, that's neat.
3: Yeah.
2: That's what I was suggest. Then, Look around and try to find a coon club somewhere. There's got to be. Yeah, the, I imagine there's one within 30 minutes, 45 minutes of you,
3: maybe. Oh, I would think so. The house I'm in the process of buying, I looked it up. I'm going to be about 30 minutes from one that does put on some UKC hunts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know i might enter a couple poor boy hunts or something like that there i'd go uh,
2: join that club is what i would do if i was you man join that club
3: and they would help that's you That's tremendous I, do. I, I don't know how it is down there it's just around here from what i understand a lot of the clubs want you to have a sponsorship like you got to know somebody to get in uh
0: no man I, i'm not no, we don't run our stuff like the Masons. <laughs> no, the, oh, <laughs> we are, okay. We are not <laughs> an organization like that, and I think it's stupid for a club to do that. That's stupid. Bruh. Oh, I'm gonna sponsor you to come be man. No, just show up, just bust up at that yeah, thing. I'd and show up. Just... Tell them some boys from South Carolina I told you to. <laughs> yeah, if they don't like it, come <laughs> find us. <laughs> man, what was some of the um like strange things that you had messaged me about? Uh, we'll go ahead and talk about some of that
3: yeah uh i've got a laundry list oh. and most of it have happened right here around my house uh and i really only one of them happened to me when i was coon hunting but i think they're all related uh I mean, do you want me to go ahead and tell the one about coon hunting first? Or? Oh,
2: yeah. Wherever. That's fine. However you want to tell it. How about that? That works for us. All right.
3: Well, to give you, uh, I, I guess I'll kind of give you the, try and give it to you a little bit in chronological order because it, do, it won't really make sense about what happened when I was coon hunting until I tell you this other stuff.
2: All right. That works uh, for us.
3: It's about, I was probably in like seventh grade or so. uh, And we had just moved into this place a couple years before and where this place is at, uh, you know, normally you got guys think of Ohio, they think it's all flat and, you know, cornfields and everything. And we do have a fair bit of uh, agriculture fields and everything in the area, but it's a lot of rolling hills and where we're at, uh is a lot of strip mine territory old strip mine reclaimed strip mine so it's all you know steep and sandstone it reminds you a lot of uh west virginia okay but where our house sits there's four roads that kind of make a big rectangle it's like a four mile by a two mile rectangle and in the middle of that block there's houses all around the edges of it like towards the road frontage but in the middle of it, it's all reclaimed strip mine. It's all really thick, just brushy, middle of nowhere. And there's a lot of history back in that place. It's called the top of the world. And, I mean, back in, like, the 60s, there was a girl found dismembered up there. Uh, a lot of history of devil worship and uh, women in white. And like, two miles down the road. You turn left out of my driveway there's a supposed crybaby bridge but uh, one night me and my dad was sitting on the driveway and our property line goes up to where the top of the world starts and it starts out as a big hayfield rolls over a hill and then it gets into that really really thick strip miney hollers and stuff like that and we were running the Dremel tool trying to carve out a deer antler for this uh, knife handle that he was helping me make. And he had just set off the Dremel, and we're sitting on our driveway and right outside the garage, and I kind of heard something, but I didn't know if my dad had heard something, so I didn't say nothing. And then I heard it again. And I looked at my dad, and he looked at me, And he goes, what the heck was that? And my dad spent his whole life in the woods. And I have too, you know, ever since I could really walk. And we couldn't explain what it was. It sounded like this screaming, guttural howl. And it sounded like it was up on top of the world behind our property, probably three 400 yards, and we could still hear it. And it was still loud. Uh, I mean, my, my dad's a big man, and I've never seen the man get scared. But that night, I had to take the trash down the end of our driveway, and he stood at the top with a, uh, I think it was a Marlin 30-30 lever action, just in case.
2: Mm, he used you as bait, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> take that trash out boy <laughs> uh
3: it, it was it wasn't too long after that i mean that was in the summertime it was a couple months later uh the, the pastor that we had at the time had come over for lunch after church and about i don't know 30 yards off the end of the house in my bedroom was on we had a little fire ring you know and we were all sitting out there, and I was back by the back door of the house, and they were over there by the firing, just the pastor and my dad talking. And still day. I remember, I just because it freaked me out, the wind was calm as could be. There was no wind, really. And we've got this little holler that runs down the edge of our property. And in the summer, it gets real thick, head high. Uh, I mean, those pokeberry plants and all that, I mean, they get head high. You can't see through them. And we heard something crack and fall. I mean, it was it sounded like a tree fall. And I knew there were some dead trees down there over the hill and all that. But uh, before my pastor left, I mean, I, I, mind you, I didn't hear about all this till after the fact. But apparently the pa- my pastor had told my dad, he said, I wasn't going to say nothing to you guys because I didn't want to scare you. But he said, I heard that before that tree fell, he said, I heard something big down over that hill breaking some serious brush. And it just didn't make sense that there was no wind and this big dead tree fell. So, of course, you know, we get out of church that evening. We get back here. My dad decides to give me the job of going over the hill with a machete through them weeds and figure out where that tree was that fell. Again, he
2: used you as bait.
3: That's what I'm saying, man. I was like, Dad, you got to be kidding me. At least they
2: give you a whip in the
3: <laughs> Well, i <I'm> a machete. <laughs> I mean, you got to remember, I'm a, like a 14-year-old kid that thinks that Sasquatch would have more fun sandpaper and a Bobcat's butt in a phone booth than the mess with me. You know, i got that kind of attitude. <laughs> but uh, I go uh, to start over that hill with that machete, and my little sister was behind me. She was like probably 9 or 10 at the time. And we had a hog over there, and we get just past that hog pen, and just start over the hill, and down straight over the hill from us where we couldn't see, I heard something just – it was the most bone-shaking growl I've ever heard in my life. And it couldn't have been more than 15 yards from us, and we couldn't see a thing. Mm. I mean, it, this thing's big. And all I heard was <laughs> – And I couldn't make sense of it. I looked at my little sister. I told her, I said, run. We both ran back to the house. Told my parents about it. My dad loads up shotgun. My mom loads up her shotgun. They start going over the hill. They're going to look for whatever this thing is that's scaring their kids. Because they thought it was, it was going to kill the Hulk. Thought it might have been a bear or whatever. They go over the hill. They get down in there and... uh. You know i kind of heard something take off because that little holler we got goes down and goes to the road and on the other side of the road turns into a real deep drainage ditch and i heard it breaking brush never saw it cross the road but this guy started had come down the road on a four-wheeler right when he got to where that ravine met the road mind you my parents are still down in this ravine he pulls out a pistol points over into our woods up where my parents are and shoots off four rounds and then takes off on it four-wheeler like mad. It just, I mean, I, I yelled at the guy tried to stop him because obviously like, I'm thinking he just shot at my parents. Uh, but then nothing else happens. Everything goes quiet. My dad gets back up to the house because obviously like, he thinks somebody's shooting at him and we can never make sense of what this guy's shooting at. Fast forward a year or two, uh, I was rotating the tires on my sister's car. I was probably 16, 17 at this point, and it's after dark. You know, It's summertime, so it's probably, say, 10, 1030. I'm up on the driveway up by where me and my dad had heard that scream that one night up behind our house on Top of the World, and I'm rotating tires on her car. Over on the other side of our holler, there's a lot of woods before you get to the next house. Like, probably close to, I don't know, a good three quarters of a mile or so. And it's all that strip, mighty, thick, you know, steep up and down territory that really nobody messed with except for the occasional guy on a dirt bike. Uh, And I was rotating the tires and I was moving one of them or something and i heard that same howl that me and my dad had heard but it was over in that patch of woods on the other side of our hauler between my house and the neighbor's house and it freaked me out so i ran inside and i told dad I said i'm not finished this job till you give me a gun and of course my dad just kind of tried to brush it off like he just he he wanted to believe that i was kind of making it up i think cuz he didn't want me to scare myself and uh i finished job and everything kind of try to forget about it and i go to bed that night and we had a 80 pound box where sleep at the foot of my bed well, i had been watching tv and everything and i had a window that faced the back hill up that goes up towards that top of the world where we heard that thing how before and i'm just watch the TV, nothing scared or nothing, not even thinking about it. I kind of forgot about hearing the noise again. Uh, I finally turned off my TV and my dog's laying there snoring and everything. I'm getting ready to go to sleep. And, you know, I'm sitting there praying and all of a sudden I just, I felt really weird. I felt like something was looking at me and my lights are off. I mean, I, there's no lights in my room or anything like that. The only, the only kind of light around is one of those lit, red blinking tower lights that's way up on top of the hill like probably a mile away but I get done praying and I just I felt watched and the headboard of my bed looked directly it was like to the left of that window and the wall was at my feet and the window was at my feet to the right so I open my eyes and I look in that window and through the curtains I can see what looks like two flashlights that are like golf ball sized like 8 inches apart and they're just under the top sill of my window like I could barely see them and I like I froze I mean, I'm mean, i sitting there like trying to kick my stinking dog awake but other than moving my foot like that I'm froze I can't breathe I'm scared to death cause there's something sitting there looking at me that don't make any sense you know I mean, all I could see was two glowing balls on the other side of this window. And it was through the curtain. I mean, they weren't real thick curtains, mind you. But, I mean, still being a, you know, 16, 17-year-old kid freaks you out. I mean, I saw, I, I kept closing my eyes and reopening them, thinking I was crazy. I would close my eyes, and it got to the point where I was sitting there praying, just, God, make this thing go away. I'm scared to death. And I saw its eyes close and open like it was blinking. I saw them tilt like it was cocking its head side to side a little bit. I mean, it was something they're freaking looking at me. Well, I finally closed my eyes for about 15 seconds and I opened them and it was gone. My dad was sleeping on the couch for some reason that night. And I, I mean, I ran out of that room and I told dad, I said, dad, there was something looking at me. And he's just like, nah, it's in your head, blah, 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 blah. Or it was the tower. And I was like, no, this was like a whitish amber. It was almost like green. Um, you know how you know you shine a deer's eyes at night and they kind of show that bluish green color? It was about like that. Uh, at first, I thought it was somebody with two small like LED flashlights, you know. But I finally convinced my dad to go look outside and just see what's up and There had been some leaves piled up there near the house uh, because we got, like, kind of a gravel flower bed on the backside. And you could see where the leaves had been disturbed and kicked up and everything, but you couldn't really make out any definite tracks. I mean, it was fairly dry. Uh, And the next day, I decided I was going to go squirrel hunting. I slept on the couch that night. Next day, I I decided I was going to go squirrel hunting. My dad had gone out to take his concealed carry permit class. Cause back at that time in Ohio, you still had to have one if you wanted to carry a firearm or at least a handgun, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I said, I'm going to go squirrel hunting. And I'm walking back into those woods. And, uh, actually my mistake. It wasn't the day after I saw that thing in the window. This was a while later because I remember the leaves were off and squirrel season ain't in when the leaves are on. Uh, but, Anyway, I gone back there, uh, in our in our woods. There's kind of some old, mining roads, old logging roads, whatever you call them. And there's three of them come to a split, and the hills all kind of slope down to that split before it goes down over into the ravine, and it all drains down there. Uh, so like there's some old gravel and everything in there like small limestone but it normally stays a little bit mucky and wet just because that's where all the hills kind of flow over to drain and i'm walking back in there and i just happen to look down and i see something that looks like a human foot but you can't make it out real clear because the gravel and the you know, it being in mud and gravel, it didn't really go real deep. But it, I could kind of make out, like, a heel shape and then, like, five-pointed toes. And, you know, on the inside of your foot where it arches in, I could kind of see that. And I just, I thought that was a weird shape. I didn't really think anything of it. But I took a picture of it and sent it to my dad. I said, what do you think this is? Because I could tell it was some sort of depression in the ground. It wasn't just, you know, something that had been there. And Dad just, I mean, I didn't even know if my dad really believed in anything at this point. He goes, I think that's a Bigfoot track. And you know, I was like, get some plaster. So he gets some plaster, and I tried to cast it. And I mean, I still have it, but it didn't really turn out real, real well. But you can kind of make it out a little bit. And I continued to, uh, where'd you get the plaster from? What do you mean, like plaster repairs?
0: Yeah, like the like the the plaster stuff. Where did you like? Do you have to go to the store or something?
3: Yeah, my dad was out getting that class. So, on his way back, he picked up a, one of the small, like, cork cartons of it. Gotcha. It was just powder, and I just had to, like, you know, I just took a bucket of water back there and pour the powder in and dump the water on it because I didn't know what I was doing, you know. But uh, it didn't really turn out as well as I hoped it would. But uh, I do remember it was getting dusk when Daddy got back. And I was making that track, and again, I got that same kind of feeling of, like, something's looking at me. And, I I mean, it it freaked me out. But it was uh, sometime later, I had walked down uh, our ravine squirrel hunting again. And I come out to the road, and where the ravine comes out to the road, it's kind of a dip. Because there's a hill, if you're coming from one end of our place, there's this little hill that just kind of rolls over right before you get to that ravine and where it meets the road and where it drains under the road. And I get down to the road and there's a deer leg, just a leg, uh, from like probably that, uh, I guess what you would consider their front elbow. Mm -hmm. It's like from that down, not actually the joint, but just below it, it was snapped off. And it it looked to me like it was twisted. Like the hide was kind of I guess you would call it curly, where it was just the hide hanging off. And you could see some bone, like something had been chewing on. I was like, okay, coyotes, whatever. And this is all a good while after the whole cast thing, and I thought I saw something looking in my window and all that had happened. I mean this is probably a year or so later. So, at first, I didn't think nothing of it. I thought, you know, somebody hit a deer, coyotes, whatever. Well, I pick up this leg, just getting ready to throw it over into the creek bank, get it off the road. And in the bone, yeah, yep, y'all are going to think I'm freaking crazy. Uh, In the bone, there is an imprint where something had been chewing on it. But it wasn't like gnaw marks like my dog would leave on a stick. And it didn't look like something just ripped flesh off of it. It looked like a human being with a giant mouth that took its front like five or six teeth and bit down into this bone. You could see the impression. I had a picture of it at one point on my old Samsung phone. Uh, But I lost it when I transferred to my iPhone. But anyway, I uh go to throw that leg over the bank after I notice that, you know, thinking it was kind of weird, but trying not to let it get to me. Uh, I go over the bank, looking around, and there's the rest of that deer carcass. But its head was facing the opposite direction on its neck of where it should have been. Like, it's... <sighs> Its head was twisted completely around, I guess is what I'm saying, like an owl. And the whole body was still there. Like, it wasn't like somebody had just, you know, cut the head off, cut the hide off, took the rest of it, and throwed that stuff over the hill. I I mean, I looked at this deer pretty well, and it, like, something had been eaten on it, but its leg was broke, and it looked like it was twisted to me, and its head was twisted all the way around. And right below the deer I see another bone sitting there. But it looks like a one of them big dog bones you'd buy at traction supply with one of the big like cow femurs.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that it's one in
2: the back on my truck now. <clears throat> yeah.
3: But I, I see that down the hill and I walk down to it and the things like split like almost in half. And I, like, the bone marrow was shredded inside of it, like something had been eaten on it. I mean, you can amount that to rodents or whatever, but I don't know what else can split a cow bone. Uh, that spot. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't long later after that, <laughs> I was down in that same creek, man, and I saw a turkey hung up in a tree.
0: Oh,
3: wow. uh, a, a turkey was hung up in a tree, like, probably six foot off the ground it looked like it would have like it was hanging hanging on a branch right up at the base of the trunk it wasn't just like out on one of the branches it was at the base of this tree where the branch meant the tree and this is probably like an inch in diameter branch and i figured okay turkeys flying you know because there's turkeys all over this place turkeys flying whatever hits this branch gets caught on its wing can't get down whatever something's eating it and because all it was really left was some of the fl- feathers and the bones and all that something picked it clean but I counted that the squirrels or uh, fox or coons or whatever and I get to look more at it the branch that it's on ain't broke like it's not broke off anywhere it's completely intact it, this turkey to me it appeared like it was hung up on this tree by something six foot off the ground uh, and it was right near where I found that deer carcass and that cow bone a few months before that. Uh, I do know two people that have seen what I think is out here. and I, I'm not I, I can't give you their names. That's because funny. I promised I wouldn't I told him I, I told uh the my buddy who is this guy's son that I wouldn't give his dad's name out but uh the spell of you know you remember how I said our roads make up like a big rectangle mm-hmm. Say I live on the long edge of the rectangle closest to you they live just about 2 miles from me on the other side of the long rectangle and uh, I, I guess I kind of skipped this part if I'm trying to go in chronological order, but it was like the day after me and my dad had heard that howl up on the hill when we was down by the garage and it freaked us out that I had a baseball game and this guy was my coach. And uh, my dad was talking to my coach's wife throughout the game and kind of just kind of telling her like what we heard and because they, you know, they're kind of neighbors with us and – Dad couldn't really explain it. And at the end of the game, my dad said that the coach's wife walked out to him while he was tamping down the mound and whispered something in his ear. And my coach just went back to my dad with kind of a weird grin on his face. And I guess uh, he told my dad that probably three or four years before we had heard this how and everything, which was before we had lived here, he uh, he worked construction. And he was kind of, he was one of the, you know, the big wigs for this construction company. And he was going out real early because uh, he had to travel that morning. And he, would, he turned onto his own road, leaving his driveway, and he gets down the road just a little ways. And he says he swears up and down, that he had a Bigfoot cross the road in front of him, right in front of his truck, and he almost hit it. And he said he had never told anybody besides his wife because obviously you don't want people to think he's nuts. And uh, that, that this man coached me all the way since coach pitched, you know, baseball. I've known the man my whole life. I've known his son my whole life, and I've never never known him to lie to nobody. And that just kind of freaked us out. So, uh, uh, That's kind of my opinion on what it was, but after the whole finding the deer carcass and then later finding the turkey carcass, and mind you, this is after I found that track or what I thought was a track and had that thing growl at me, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, just, I kind of tried to ignore it all. I mean, yeah, I had a time where something paced me up behind my house, like, would walk when I walked, stop when I stopped. The, te- the stereotypical, you know, Bigfoot story thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: When I was squirrel hunting, I tried not to think anything of it. Now, did I run back to my house like a little baby? Yes, I did. But, like, I tried to ignore it.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh. But, I, uh. I know I said something to you in the email about something throwing rocks, so I'll, I'll get to that real quick, and then I'll I'll tell you guys a coon hunting story, and then you can ask me any questions you want to. I guess unless you want to interject and do that now, I don't want to talk. Oh, to no, you Go ahead. Uh, a while mm-hmm. after I had carcasses and everything, and uh, I was out by that same fire ring where a couple years before our. Pastor had been out and heard that tree get pushed down and heard that thing breaking brush. And uh, kind of the same area, I had uh, that thing growl at me. And I'm sitting there just making a little Boy Scout fire, you know, because I was a little pyromaniac. And uh, I'm making this fire, not really, you know, thinking about much of anything. And I heard something thud like on the ground. And I was like, okay, this is weird. So I, you know, start looking around seeing if there's like my little sister or uh, any of my other siblings or buddies or dad or anybody else around outside that could be, you know, throwing stuff or whatever. And there wasn't nobody there. So I just kind of go back to what I was doing. Wasn't able to figure out what that sound was, but it just sounded like something hitting the ground, you know. And I go on about five minutes later, I'm sitting there just, you know, playing with this whole fire and I heard something whiz past my head and then thud. And, uh, it just had, to, it had like that rolling clack. Like if you throw a rock down a piece of concrete, I could hear it hitting other rocks. And mind you, my whole place is sandstone. You can't dig anywhere on this spot without hitting a rock within your first two scoops of dirt uh but i heard something thud and then kind of roll away from me and i turned around because like i like i said it whizzed past my head i like felt the breeze off of it past my face and i turn around and there is a skid mark in the ground and at the end of that skid mark right behind it is about a softball sized rock and it had come up from over that hill where that thing had growled at me before and it must have landed behind me slid in the dirt and then rolled kind of past me clack on the other rock and right then i went i took my butt inside hmm. and that's kind of you know the point where i sort of just accepted that there was something here something in the area
0: you should have heard it back that's what I was thinking, like a softball. i throw it back. <laughs> they just might be want to play like, like catch with you? It could have
3: been like that little baby one listening to podcast. I, I, guess I, hmm? I guess I guess I thought to left this out. But, you know, I told you when that thing growled at me, I had my little sister. Right. I heard brush over there before that thing growled. You heard what now? My sister, we heard before that thing growled at me when I was going over there to look for that tree, mm-hmm. like I told you all. Yeah. We heard a little bit of brush breaking. Okay, I didn't really think anything to it. My sister that was with me, that's like 9 or 10, tells me, hey, take this stick and throw it down in there. So I did, and that's when it growled. (laughs) So that's why I I didn't throw the rock back, I guess, when it tried to kill me with a softball-sized rock. Uh, Uh
1: Uh-oh, hold on. I had you muted, boy. You got it. Oh, no, if it don't want to hit you, it'll hit you. Man, all they do all day is throw rocks. He was. Yeah,
3: I've, I've heard that. He we're gonna, gonna throw it back.
1: We're gonna catch one and train it to be a darn major league pitcher one day.
3: No, I got. Hey, nick. bud, I'll train it. That's what I did. All you know, all growing up, I was a pitcher, man. Oh, okay, yeah. You throw
2: that rock back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. That church league baseball team. Just this the, hair is, in the Hendersons.
0: Yeah. Just uh, just on a side note, I'm curious now. What was what uh, pitch? What throw was you best at, or what type of pitch?
3: Oh, that's really hard to say. I mean, I I don't want to be basic. I don't want to be simple. But honestly, it was probably my uh, two seam fastball. Okay. Because I, I didn't throw a lot of four seams. My whole life, I threw a two seam, and my two seam was better than my four seam. And I always pitched from the stretch. I almost never went from a windup. Okay. Uh, I, I'll say this, and now I'm going to shut up because I don't want to brag on myself. Uh, anything that I've ever done is because God's allowed me to do it and God's given me the ability to do it. Uh, but we have a local festival that comes to town, and every year they have a pitching booth thing. And it's one of those, you know, clock your speed things and you know they have the games you know where it's not an actual like radar thing and everything but then they have the one that comes every couple years but it's like a legitimate you know speed test and they kind of switch them off and on they like the one you win stuff the other one you just pay to see how fast you can throw and you don't really ever win anything and one year i was there and i was like 12 or 13 years old and uh paid for me to play that game and my coaches were standing there beside me and my dad can vouch for this too because my dad was there too and at 13 years old i threw a 65 mile an hour fastball
2: Heck yeah. you should have thrown that rock back
3: mm-hmm. yeah sure.
1: <laughs> and i hit the gigantic because with the rock
3: <laughs> brother i was scared
1: and then he come up and
0: <laughs> grab me by my ankles and beat me against the tree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, go back. Go i d I'm sorry for interrupting. Go.
3: Hey, okay. uh, I I the whole cutting up part that's why I love your guys' podcast. We appreciate it. I like it it cut up. Uh but anyway after uh after that rock had been thrown at me and everything, a lot I mean it's been probably two or three years and nothing really else has happened. I just kind of took that as like, okay, there's something else here. Don't go looking for it. So I just kind of mind my own business and I quit paying attention to stuff. I quit really trying to, I tried to forget about it because it was freaking me out bad. Uh, and then one night my buddy whose dad had sold that thing was up at the property that kind of, borders mine right on the other edge of where i said the top of the world is i mean i can walk through the big hay field and be at his house from my back 40 i I can see his place in that field and my that son of my coach my friend had left our other buddy's house that lives up there and uh he i'm just sitting at the house and he calls me one night, and his voice is shaking, and it sounds like he's about crying. I mean, mind you, we're like 18, 19 at, at this point.
2: I mean, I'm scared, it, you know.
3: <laughs> what is, his voice is shaking, but he knew that I believed what his dad said. He Like, I had told him about things that had happened to me around my house, and me and him had kind of experienced some, some weird stuff together. We've been out riding four-wheelers on the top of the world or whatever. So, you know, I mean, he kind of knew that there was something up uh, and he knew I would believe, it. but he called me and he said, it just crossed the road in front of me. That's all he said. I said, what do you mean? It just crossed the road in front of you. What it, he said, do you remember what my dad saw? I said, yeah. He said, do you remember that thing you said was throwing rocks at you? I said, I said, I told you what I thought it was. It was, it just ran and crossed the road in front of me. And this is only probably three quarters of a mile from my house. And I'm like in my room freaking out. Like, are you like still going home? Like, what's going on? Did it attack you, or like, are you, are you okay? Did you, do you need a change of pants, or? Hmm. And he said that it was. He said he was stopped. He said he had stopped in the road trying to look at this thing. He tried to send me a picture of it, and I I think I still have it. I can try and send it to Daniel, but you really can't make nothing out of it. Oh, we need to put. Is a is, is a it look like a blob squatch? A typical yeah, blob squatch? It's it's just, just kind of like you can barely see, almost like a shape of like a humanoidish figure just barely sticking out the edge of a tree, like it's peering around it or something. Yeah. But he was zoomed all the way in using a Snapchat camera on a potato phone, so you know blob squatch. Uh, but he told me that it crossed the road in front of him. He was sitting there staring at it, and I heard a thud. Like something hitting metal. At the time, he drove in the 02 Chevy Impala. And I said, What was that? Because I heard, you know, tires start spinning and he starts moving. I said, oh, What What just happened? I mean, I thought this thing was on the back of his car trying to kill him or something. And I thought he was to have to run up there and try and save my buddy from Bob Squatch. Uh, Bob Squatch. I mean, I'm scared, Beth. And he goes, It just threw a rock at my car. Like he's screaming now almost like, just, I mean, you could hear in this guy's voice, he shook up. I just, he can't hardly speak. He just like, it, 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 it threw a rock. And I'm like, you got the now, or what happened? Let you clutch out, let you clutch out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, run.
1: Pull out the chokes so the start. Oh. Yeah,
3: buddy. But, uh, I, mean, like, I go over there a few days later. And sure enough, there's a there's a dent in the hood of his car. And I, I I guess you could say he could have tried to pull one on me, but I I know this kid. I've known this kid since t ball, and me and him's like brothers. And he yeah he sounded pretty scared to me, and I've never seen him like that before. I watched this kid take a line drive baseball to the face playing shortstop, and he didn't shed a tear. But I mean, he was he was beat so up
0: was like that Nick. night. Wow! Hey, I wonder hurt me. <laughs> I wonder if sometimes <laughs> if Bigfoot don't laugh inside when he sees people freak out like, "That's oh, all right." I bet he's like snickering inside to yeah. himself.
1: Yeah, I bet he does. He might have a buddy uh, be like, "Hey, y'all, watch this."
0: <laughs> yeah, lay off somewhere. <laughs> you know who the buddy is? Right. I don't know.
1: If he might not have a buddy.
2: <laughs> he might have a buddy. I don't know. I don't know him that good. Do
1: you want to be his buddy? What <laughs> that? Well, I tell you what, I, buddies, what? I mean, we can go bob
3: squatch hunting if y'all want to be buddies.
2: <laughs> Daniel might be a buddy. <laughs>
0: I'm not a bob squatch hunter. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't, so I don't do so what happened to you huntin'. while you was coon hunting, man?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was about to ask.
3: Ah. Uh, well, like I said, after all this stuff happened to me, I tried to ignore it for a few years, but then eventually I kind of caught an interest in it. And uh, what actually caught my interest in it was those idiots on that show, Mountain Monsters, mm-hmm. where they're running around and they're like, we're going to catch it in the trap. And, yer, yer, yer.
2: Yeah. yeah, they retarded. <laughs> they got um, TikToks where they voice over them was hilarious.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, they. I mean, I remember the one episode they thought they caught Hogzilla, but it was just a giant pig they had put in a cage. We caught Hogzilla, and it's just a 500-pound farm hog. Well,
1: it drives me insane that their professional trapper don't understand that you set a trap, and then you leave the woods. You don't try and run
2: stuff into your
3: trap.
1: We're going to
2: coach Uh, into the trap.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but... Anyway, my, my interest had kind of got peaked again. I was like, you know, I'm kind of curious about it. So I start digging into it more. And I start listening to a couple different, uh, I guess you would call them podcasts, but they're just really YouTube channel podcasts. One's called Buckeye Bigfoot. And the other one is called uh, Dixie Cryptid. I've and- heard of that. Dixie Cryptid, a lot of the time he does fictional stuff, but if he has one that someone claims is a true story, then they'll tell you about it. But I heard uh, one story on Dixie Cryptid that sounded like it was kind of close to here. And I don't remember that exact encounter, but I heard two different ones, excuse me, on that uh, on that, uh, Buckeye Bigfoot uh, channel. And there's a city called Bolivar, and there's a city called Wilmot on either side of the small town I live in, which is called Navarre. And there, I'm pretty much dead smack in the middle in between the two, kind of diagonally. Wilmot's a little bit, I mean, it's a little bit northwest, I think, and then Bolivar's kind of southeast. But the same river that flows through Bolivar and the same railroads and power lines and everything that they claim to travel on, those all cross my road. And my house is in between the power line and the creek and the railroad tracks and the creek and all that. So that was that was kind of interesting to me. But anyway, I start listening to this Buckeye Bigfoot channel, and there's this one story of this college kid under an underpass of Route 77 going through Bolivar. And I know just about exactly where that is. Uh, But the story goes, this kid, his car had gotten a flat tire. He broke down when he was coming home from college somewhere. Uh, I think it was in Columbus or Cincinnati, one, where he'd come from college. And there was supposedly a Sasquatch sitting under the underpass, too, because it was storming real bad. And this kid's waiting on their parent or the tow truck or whatever it was. And th- this Bigfoot thing comes up and starts shaking the car. And that freaked <laughs> me out. That's probably like 10 miles from my house. And then I heard another w- encounter on this same lady's channel over in Wilmot in the wilderness in a wilderness center over there. Uh, this couple supposedly was hiking and they started back in there and then this thing started growling at them and like it stepped out on the trail and it chased them back to their car back to the parking lot and like i said my house is almost dead smack in the middle of those two locations uh so anyway fast forward i kind of forgot about all that stuff uh quit worrying about it as much and i would got two red bone pups and this blue tick pup that i like now and i had my four-year-old blue tick there really ain't no count and i uh got a hold of my buddy and he said he would tag along with me because i just don't like going alone uh i do most of the time because i don't have any friends that'll go with me with me regular but uh, I really don't in- like going alone because I know there's some weird stuff out there. Uh, But anyway, we go over to this public land that's not far from outside of Wilmot. And uh, me and that coach's son have been there duck hunting before and had some strange encounter with an old man that just seemed to disappear. And then we we're going looking for him and we heard... A branch break like a big branch and then we heard a rock get thrown in the creek like 40 yards from us but we could never see it well me and my buddy are back in that same area coon hunt different buddy and the dogs had been out running around for about an hour i mean the two red bones and that young blue tick that's good now they were all fairly young they were all within probably six months old or less And then I had that four-year-old blue tick that would just run off and bark crazy on whatever he smelled. And we're standing there on this little path uh, that people hike down a lot of the time. And uh, all of a sudden, the three youngest dogs all come back in on my feet, and they wouldn't leave. I mean, they, they weren't making any noise like they it's just kind of like their tails were tucked and they came back to me and they wouldn't leave my feet and i thought that was kind of strange and then we heard a k- splash clunk like a rock had been thrown into water and then it hit something underneath the water and you know it was kind of that muffled clunking sound uh and then I looked at my buddy, and he looked at me. I was like, it's probably a beaver splash, or whatever, because I know there's beavers back there. I'm trying not to, like, psych him out because I don't think he'd ever been coon hunting before that. But, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to, like, not freak out. And I said it was a beaver splash. Well, then we hear it again, and it's about probably 20 yards closer to us this time. And... It, it ain't no beaver splash. I mean, this was 100% a rock. You heard the clack this time, and then it splashed into the creek. And these didn't sound like, you know, you took a golf ball and threw it into shallow water. It sounded like somebody picked up a, like, small boulder the size of a basketball and just launched it into this creek. Oh. And... We, I mean, you know, we turn on our lights and we're shining around. We can't see anything. And, yeah, there's weeds and stuff in there, but they're only about waist high. And the rest of it's just kind of open, big timber. It's all kind of swampy, marshy area. Uh, and we just, I mean, there's nothing there. And at this point, you know, he's kind of like, what's going on here, dude? And the dogs are... I mean, they're not booger barking, but they're just kind of, like, looking at me like we're ready to go. They still wouldn't leave my feet when they had been running around for an hour completely fine before. And we uh, heard it two more times within, like, probably two or three minutes of the second one. So we heard it all all together about four times. Same, similar kind of noise, but it kind of differed each time. Like, sometimes you would hear, like, the clack and then the splash. Or sometimes you would just hear a big splash. And sometimes you would just hear, it like, where it just – something got launched through the brush. And, it, I mean, I didn't know – I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought it was something coming towards us just taking really slow, deliberate steps. But I could tell it was big. But, I mean, I had heard the clacking, so I knew it couldn't have been that. I don't know, you know, what else has steps that clacks on rocks. But I could tell it was something just being launched. And my buddy uh, looked at me, and I looked at him, and he's like, I I think it's time that we get out of here. And this thing was kind of in front of us and up to our right, probably. The closest it it got from the sound of it, the rock splashes got within probably forty or fifty yards of us, uh, but like I said, we could never see what was, you know, hurling this thing, these things. Uh
2: I told my friend he was about to die if he had never been. He was freaking. Out, I'm like, we're fixing to die. Well, here's the thing,
3: We gotta get out of here. I, a big boy, a big boy, and he had a, Run. You <laughs> know, with a, with buckshot in it because I gave it to him just for coyote. Control uh but I mean he he's a big dude I mean he's probably six foot two and 250 and he was getting kind of he's like this is getting a little bit hairy well my dog that four-year-old that barks at everything is straight past this thing barking not tree just barking like he was trailing something but it was like not really trailing so we have to get past, this thing is on our right, to go straight past it to get to my dog. So we leashed up the other three dogs, and we're walking in there, like, trying to keep our lights on, looking all around us. And we never saw anything, but we get back to my older dog, and we stopped for a minute. It was a little bit of a fiasco to get him, because he was barking at water on the ground for some reason. And uh, get him leashed up, and we heard it two or three more times as we're trying to walk back to that trail, and we got out of there. Uh, The last time, well, not the last time, but the last weird thing I had happen to me at that spot was just probably three or four weeks ago. Uh, I went on the other side of that same public land, and my buddy took me out there, and we're on the same set of train tracks that goes through that public land. And we had gone through, the dogs that treed, couldn't find anything in them, and uh, we leash up the dogs, start walking out, and I only have my male red bone and that young male blue tick with us, and that young blue tick is gritty. I mean, I, I had him run on bear in West Virginia when I lived down there a while back. He was going to be my bear dog, and... The guy that was running him for me told me he's, he's gritty as they come. I mean, he wasn't scared of nothing. And all of a sudden, we're walking out these tracks back towards the truck, probably 150 yards still from the truck. And that dog tucks his tail and gets to the right side of me and just stops. And normally, he's the kind that will drag me on a leash. Uh, he wants to go hunt. And he usually fights me any time I try to take him back towards the truck because he knows it's time to go home. But this time, he tucked his tail just like he did when he was probably five months old that time on the other end of this same public land and just stood on the opposite side of me of where he was, looking down in there, just locked up like he was scared to death. And once again, we couldn't see anything down there.
0: How long ago was this? Three weeks ago. Oh.
3: Yeah, three or four weeks ago last thing happened but i've been back there coon hunting since then the same area me and my buddy had the rocks thrown at me just not quite as deep in and i you know, would treat some coons but if i'm out there by myself i don't stay out there more than an hour do just because i mean it every time i go out there now i feel like i'm not alone and it freaks me out you probably ain't <laughs> yeah i mean the way i see it man God has created all sorts of creatures that we might not ever know about. Think about all the, all the creatures in the ocean that we're probably never going to discover.
2: I I think he's a demon.
0: (laughs) He's in the family. I think he's in the family.
3: Well, that's, I've, I've kind of, I mean, I've listened to your on the cross thing, Daniel. And I kind of, I I think I back you on that as far as like uh, the watchers coming down and, having relations with the human women and making those Nephilim, like those, you know, half-demigod-type creatures, uh, and I've i considered the fact that they're just descendants of Cain as well, because you remember, uh, back whenever Cain's the Abel, God puts a case on uh, curse on Cain and all his generations. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost wondering, could these be some sort of descendants of Cain that just kind of keep off to themselves because they've got the... This curse on them, and now they—I mean—they can't really interact with the rest of the descendants. Uh, I—I I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how to put my finger on it, but I know that there's some crap out here that's been scaring me for a long time, and I'm about sick of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I've had enough. <laughs> Dude,
3: I just want to go coon hunting to not feel like I'm going to get, you know, eaten. Yeah. I—I I, I made I the mistake of. At- the what sorry i made the mistake of telling one guy i worked with uh back at the old ventrac tractor plant about that thing that me and my dad heard and mind you i'm i was probably 18 at that time so it had been a few years since we heard it but you know i talked to my one boss about it because i mean me and him was pretty tight and he goes and told he went and told the uh the supervisor the second shift supervisor and that guy was real high and tight, like ex-military kind of dude. And he started making fun of me, saying that, you uh, would like, what? He just say stuff like, "What? How, why don't you like to go out at, in the woods at night? Why are you scared to go do this or go do that? Are you afraid you're going to get raped by a sasquatch?" <laughs> <laughs> if you are rape anybody,
2: rape I, Daniel. <laughs>
3: <laughs> after that, I just quit telling people. <laughs> I was touched by a Sasquatch.
2: Okay.
3: Inappropriately.
2: Inappropriately. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, up in here, there's also the woman in white. I mean, my buddy lives across the field. It's seen her. Him and some other guys supposedly had something in this backwoods charge at them, and they all shot at it, but I've not really got the detail on that story from them. But I mean, it's, it's a kooky place out here, man. It's sketchy territory. Kind of makes my hair stand. I'm out hunting by myself and I hear a noise I can't recognize.
0: Mm-hmm. oh man you'll be all right
1: i don't know man sound like you got creepy stuff all around you i'd probably quit going out at night time <laughs> i get me squirrel dogs
0: Doesn't get that.
1: <laughs> i'm just saying Bo. like squirrel dog. you got a lot of stuff going wrong
3: around you i'd probably move i i well i'm moving we're in the process of buying a house but the problem is it's further out in the middle of the sticks and what this one is well uh, that ain't my, necessarily my- a bad thing <laughs> just don't fight it bro <laughs> My dad comes to this place And he goes Man this looks like Sasquatch territory That's the first thing he said I was like oh no <laughs> This thing better not follow me Well dude We uh
0: We're going to try to beat this wind and rain That they say is going to be in here by about 10 or 11 o'clock We're going to try to tree some coons It's supposed to start raining at 10 or 11 o'clock Yes it is
2: Hell I probably ain't going right. now it's supposed to. Well, that sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they canceled school tomorrow for our kids because of the wind. the amount of winds and, because and rains. Because of
1: wind, and it's they really say we're gonna get
0: Jesus. hurricane force winds tomorrow. Dude, and it's supposed to be rolling in about ten or eleven o'clock
3: this evening tonight. Well, I'll be definitely praying for y'all. I mean, it's I, I'll be praying to tree some coons, but I'll uh, I'll be praying for pray hard Y'all we hunt
2: tight squeeze and smoke <laughs> <laughs> we're hunting
3: He should be do well, doing
2: right she's doing about care. the same old same old I hadn't hunted a whole lot man I'm about to hunt oh, this yeah. young dog I got see if I can get him doing something
3: yeah this blue tick of mine is really starting to turn on now I had a trouble with him where he would flick tree and just starting to pop up on a tree when I got close to him but the other night I took him out and he treed within first five minutes and then cut him loose again and he went and treated a layup so he's he's starting to turn on so uh yeah I, I hope you guys have good luck tonight uh well we appreciate it and we appreciate you I,
0: reaching out to us we do we do we yeah. appreciate all of it
3: absolutely uh i got one more thing to say and go ahead I, it's it's simply just because jesus said we're ashamed to him before man he'll be ashamed to us before his father uh, If there's anybody listening that don't know Christ, it'd be a real good time to get to know him. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by him. And uh, if you never had that life-changing experience, there's nothing better that could happen to you. Take it from my personal experience. I've lived both ways, with God and without God. And the worst day of being with God is a whole lot better than the best day of being without him. Word. I I figure I might not ever have the chance to speak to a large audience about that again. I preach at mostly small churches, but, uh, I mean, I'd hate to see somebody up there that I could have told about Jesus, and I didn't get the chance to.
0: Well, Well, we appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, we appreciate all of it.
3: Yeah, boys, absolutely. Y'all y'all are a fun group. Y'all are a fun group. You keep uh, I, I crack up like an idiot when I'm at work and people look at me funny. <laughs> I I think what gets me the most is the bright eyes commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I told my dad about that and he cracked up too. I was like, Man, you got this light so bright I could see stuff from the eighteen hundred and it merged dingleberries off of South. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> sell out everywhere they go yeah oh yeah but yeah i hope if you guys ever get up this way ever come up to a, one of the tournament of champions or blue sick days or something like out up in ohio anywhere get a hold of me all right. uh, sure will huh? i'll find a place to put y'all up i mean i'm buying a house we got a spare room hey we're camping new york hey brother let's do it
0: well man we'll holler we'll at you Hey man. Alright. We're gonna go, we're gonna close out with this one. So y'all keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunt. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cone hunting Confidentials on the Hounds Tooth Podcasting Network. If you want to get in touch with me, my email address is htpodinfo at gmail.com. That is h-t-p-o-d-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you with all your coon hunting stories that include the creepy crazy and the unexplained. Until next time, keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunting, y'all.